What's up, guys? You guys can catch, did you know that you can catch the Hake Report on TalkStream Live? That's right, the Hake Report is on the TalkStream Live app, also the TalkRight app, which is affiliated, and of course, JLP Live, the JLP Live player. I am live on the video platforms as well right now, so that it would be trovo.live slash the Hague Report, periscope.tv slash the Hague Report, dlive.tv slash the Hague Report, facebook.com slash the Hague Report, not YouTube, because they like to censor and shut down any uh, honest questions and suspicions about stuff going on, shenanigans, right? Twitch as well, twitch.tv slash the Hague Report. What's up, guys? I do have a fun guest coming up for you a great guest coming up for you in about 10 minutes here well eight minutes now it's 902 a.m u.s pacific daylight time wednesday june 16th the year of our lord 2021 in case i didn't say that already did i say it i have a hand-picked song for you that i better play now if i'm gonna play it um i want to do strongest man in the world it's about a five minute song it's by menomina and it is more produced than the one, the version that I'm used to hearing, but I can't find that original version. So enjoy. It is somewhat of a Christian band, I think, or was, or something, from like 20 years ago. Menomina, strongest man in the world. Enjoy, and we'll be chatting, and I'll be taking your calls too. Let me know volume, if the volume's fine, guys. It'll get louder a little bit. One for great volume, perfect volume. Two for too loud, please not five minutes, says Skip McBurney. What's up, Skip? Over there on on uh, Facebook. Hey, Dana. What's up, Carl? Hey, Canadian David over there on DLive. Morning, Nathan. People are still populating my YouTube chat, even though I'm not streaming on YouTube. I'm censored by YouTube right now. Two for too loud, three for too quiet. Please turn up the music if, if, it's, if you hit three, if that's what it means. But I don't see any threes at this point. I will be taking your calls. 888-775-3773. But first, I will have a guest. Steve King, Congressman Steve King. The strongest man in the world. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's the name of the song. I just happen to be playing the strongest man in the world. For a strong politician, in the good sense. Did you know that there can be good politicians? But they get ousted pretty quickly, am I right? <laughs> Especially nowadays. Especially nowadays. I have some people already on hold, guys. I will be talking with Congressman King about... I talk about him quite frequently. If you're not familiar with him, you will be. I will also touch on Representative... Paul Gosar, another man, he is in office right now, he's out of Arizona, I believe, Paul Gosar, he was questioning FBI Director Christopher Wray, who should have been fired by President Trump, I actually like this song, Dana says, well, until they start singing, <laughs> with this soft voice, yeah, Congressman King, what's up, Info Bomber? Yeah, uh, Paul Gosar says Ashley Babbitt was executed by that officer, the unnamed Capitol Police officer. Do you agree? Executed? Was she executed? That sparked some controversy. 
But if Black Lives Matter says that cops can, they say, oh, cops executed Mike Brown. Cops executed Georgia, Florida. Trayvon Martin was executed by George Zimmerman. All that slander. Then why not about this Capitol Police officer? They're dishonest. I also have some Epic Times. The Epic Times has some major headlines about the attack on America by the American establishment. Portlanders are still facing anti-police riots. This guy is saying, I promise I'll keep this under my control. Strongest man in the world. Iron, I'm fused out of iron. That's the lyrics to the song. Don't ask me exactly what it means. I don't know. But to me, it reminds me about um, people's personal issues, their flaws, their vices, that they think that they can handle and keep under control, but they can't. It just grows more and more out of control. Their vices, including men who think they're strong, but they're morally weak. So, by the way, I hope you enjoy this. If you're watching the video, we are showing footage of Santa Monica Sunday afternoon, evening. Beautiful Santa Monica. It's on decline, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, so Portland and anti-police riots. Many of you guys are not on the side of police because they violate constitutional rights and stuff like that. They're against men. But... Anti-police means anti-authority, anti-true authority. Because they represent true authority. They represent men, whether you like it or not. They may represent whites and Christians. Even though they are may stray sometimes. You said it yourself, hey, music ain't deep. Most musicians are actually low-life people. Yes. What's up, dog? Bad poop. Oh, they're in. Over there in Twitch. Yeah, musicians aren't deep. All musicians are liberals. No offense, John. <laughs> John is not a liberal. <laughs> Although, the definition of liberal is a person with anger. A person without anger is a conservative. Uncle, Uncle Ted88 says, Hey, let's go! Yes, indeed. By the way, Ashley Babbitt was married, her husband. Her widower still does not know the identity, identity of the Capitol Police officer who shot her. Meanwhile, Sleazy Joe's national security strategy has a singular focus on so-called domestic terrorism. And they're not talking about Antifa or Black Lives Matter or Democrats in general. What a shame. What a shame. All that and more, and your calls, and an awesome guest. Let's get right on with the show! One, two, three, four. Oh, it's the Hank Report. The Hank Report. La, la, la. Oh, it's the Hank Report. The Hank Report. La, la, la.
I am fine. I hope you enjoy this. Hope you enjoyed Menomina's Strongest Man in the World. It's a nice song. It was a bit long, I admit. By the way, I mentioned that all musicians are liberals. <laughs> uh, and name them over there on Trovo.live says, that is not true. Only liberal artists are selected for success by producers who control the industry and the culture. Oh, granted, granted. But uh, just in my experience, even the so-called Christian artists, so-called artists who've made it big, a bunch of them turn out to be liberals. You know, like, you ever heard of Me Without You? Maybe not. Me Without You, they turned into liberals, dumb liberals. And uh, they were for Bernie Sanders. Maybe you haven't heard of them. Um, Jars of Clay, that guy was kissing up to the fake idea of racism or feminism or something. And speaking of that, I have with me a very special guest for you to enjoy. A, a man whom I have talked about a lot, quite frequently. I've probably talked about him more than any other politician other than Trump. Uh, even though he's been out of office for over a year now. Congressman Steve King, former Congressman Steve King, a Republican, a true Republican, not a rhino, a true American patriot, and a Christian, by the way, out of Iowa. And uh, a lot has happened in the time that he was in office and since the time he has been out of office. And I wanted to talk with him. And so Congressman Steve King out of Iowa, how are you doing, sir? I have him on the phone, Just guys. Just fine, James. I'm glad to I'm glad to be connected with you today. Yeah. And uh, I, I appreciate all the things you say about me. That's that's it. You know, there's been a, a dearth of uh, compliments coming my way for the last couple of years for some <laughs> reason I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's because the Republican Party has strayed so much from loving America. I thought that the Republican Party was all about loving America loving uh, God, Christianity, and men, and not hating white people, but they've just completely strayed from that. And so you have, like, nobody on your side, it seems like. Now, there are a few, but it, it does seem like there's nobody on my side. And when you, when you look at how this drifted, too, I mean, I've been holding a line on this for, oh, I'd say 24 or 25 years. And I could see it coming. I could sense it. Right. I don't know that I could articulate it very well in the first couple, three years, and I got better at it as, you know, each year that went by because I understood it better, and more happened. But um, if I just take you back uh, to a uh, place in 1998, I was in the Iowa Senate, and uh, we elected a Democrat governor for the first time in 30 years, Tom Vilsack, who many of you have heard of, and uh, in his, early in his administration, so it would have been actually 99, early 99, was elected in 98, I got a fax from an anonymous source that showed it was it was a clip out of the Washington Blade, a gay newspaper in Washington D.C. Yeah, and it said that Tom Vilsack had filed an executive order number seven that granted special protected status for sexual orientation and gender identity. Boy, wow. you know we didn't hear those back then, but now we pretty well know the political agenda that was wrapped up inside that package, and uh, so. I raised the issue right away, went on 50,000 watts, and told everybody I was going to sue the governor. And uh, our local Rush Limbaugh said, 
well, do you have the support of the legislature? And I said, well, I don't know. There are 150 of us all together in the House and the Senate, and if 149 of them think it's a bad idea, I'm suing them anyway. I don't need their <laughs> their support. Right. And that's what I did and uh, blocked that agenda for and uh, blocked it out and won in court in the case of King versus Vilsack. I had to pay my, you know, out of my kids' inheritance for it. And I said to them, <laughs> you know, would you rather have liberty or would you rather have money? And, of course, they said money. I said, yeah, but you don't – this is a patriarchy in this family, so you're going to get liberty. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And you know what? It is, it is really a disgrace. We hear all the time about critical race theory as if this anti-white, anti-American uh, slander has just barely come on the scene. But it's been with us for, honestly, decades or maybe even a century or, or more. And uh, I know that you've been fighting against it, but the, the people seem like they're playing patty cake with these people, pretending that, oh yeah, there's more work to do to bring about equality. And now the, you have the Republicans supporting what you just named was this, this radical gay agenda. Whereas Republicans used to be for family and common sense and for the best thing for people. And it's not good for the gays to be, in, to be pro-gay. It's the worst thing for them to validate their delusions. It's such a shame. Well, I, I would say this, that... Um... You know, each of I don't announce my sexuality, right? And that's my business. Yeah. And if everybody kept it their business, then we don't have all this political friction going on. Yeah. Um, I once uh, got involved in a debate at Iowa State University, and one of the uh, one of the people came to the came to the microphone to ask a question at the end, and and um, he said, uh, "Well, you're," uh, he said, "I'm I'm gay, but you're a heterosexual." And I said, "Wait a minute." Uh, don't be calling me anything. I've not gone <laughs> public with any of my sexuality. Right. Don't be assuming that. And then he said, "Well, why can't you accept gay marriage? Um, that, you know, this is why can't you accept the progressive um, nations' approach like Holland because they're progressive and they have a gay marriage and they don't have any problems." And I said, "Why would I want to follow Holland?" And uh, yeah. he said, "Because they're progressive." And, and I said, "Well, uh, no, but." You know, they kill their babies and their old people, and they legalize drugs and prostitution. Why would I want to emulate that? <laughs> yeah. And he actually gasped into the microphone, and he said, I said, it's true, isn't it? And he said, but you didn't have to say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I, my introduction to you, I was, before I was a host of The Hague Report, I was a producer for a black preacher whom you may be aware of, Jesse Lee Peterson. He's an activist as well here in Los Angeles. I believe he's met with met you before doing activism against the uh, illegal immigration and all kinds of stuff, pro-gun rallies yeah. and stuff like that. Rock-solid conservative. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was a producer of his from 2013, late 2013 until 2019 or so. And my introduction to you, I loved what you did to Obama's wingman, Eric Holder, the so-called attorney general for the, he was the head of the DOJ back in 2014. And uh -huh. you pointed out how under the Obama administration, our side, if you will, got all the extra scrutiny, or his political enemies got all the extra scrutiny, political persecution and prosecutions, whereas his side and blacks and liberals got no scrutiny. You pointed out how the IRS T-Party Tea Party targeting scandal under Lois Lerner was not investigated really by uh, Holder. 
Bridgegate was, though, under Chris Christie, the, the Republican from New Jersey. And there was a Virginia governor, I think, who was a Republican, a pretty solid guy who federally investigated, but suspected corrupt Democrats were not. I think you talked about a hacker who had committed suicide after catching federal attention. It went on and on just off of the top of your head. And mm-hmm. the Black Panther uh, situation, the, there was some dishonesty about that. Oh, the knockout game. The one white perpetrator of the knockout game, mostly it's black on white or black on Jewish or whatever. But there was a one white guy, Conrad Barrett, who punched a, an old black man and called him the N-word or something like that. And he was charged with a hate crime, but none of the black perps were. And that was the legacy of the Obama administration, just completely one-sided uh, political prosecutions. And he refused to answer the question. And he just gave this phoned-in, phony politician performance about his pride in his department's work. And you just pointed out how he didn't answer the question. That was, I loved how you, you know, handled I, that. <laughs> I should go back and find that clip. You have a very clear memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I'm remembering it as, as it unfolds out of your mouth. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, but I would add that um, the, the piece about Black Panthers, um, as, I, as I recall it, was about the, the um, black farmers, the Pigford Farms issue. Oh, okay. Uh, and here's, here's the how to have. They just, it was a shakedown. Um, back in the Clinton administration, Dan Glickman, who was Secretary of Agriculture at the time, did a press conference and confessed that they had been, that the Department of Agriculture had been systemically discriminating against blacks all across the country. Wow. And uh, so, and, and that they signed a consent decree for this massive uh, settlement that, that was never went to court. There's only one judge that ever looked, ever has looked at it, even to this day. And billions of dollars got handed out to um, people that had never seen a farm, never wanted to farm. There were scores of them, maybe hundreds of them, in a single apartment complex in Atlanta and in Chicago. Um, they spread this thing around the country, and you could get $50,000 if you just one time wanted to be a black farmer and you were willing to say that that uh, you were discriminated against or you believed you were. Wow. And uh, I, my attention came to it when the USDA had uh, called into Washington a number of the county uh, Farm Service Administration directors to administer all of these funds. And one of them came back and handed me a box full of copies of applications. And he said, I know I'm sworn to secrecy, but my conscience will not let me walk away from this and keep my lip button for life. Now it's your problem. And at least 75% of these in this box are false and phony. Yeah. And that was all he said to me. And, wow. uh, boy, we found out. Andrew Breitbart and I found out they were false and phony. And so that was Holder uh, involved. Then when Obama came in, Obama was involved. Holder was involved. Tom Vilsack was involved. That was that administration. And they did that tag team. And then they reached into the judgment fund of the Justice Department and poured several billion dollars out into the black farmers when we refused to appropriate it in the Congress. So that's a longer story than you expected to hear today. Well, they're, but, uh, <laughs> they're still doing this favoring of black farmers, I'm hearing, in the Biden, so-called Biden administration. <laughs> so this, uh, it's, it's still relevant. It's still happening. What a mess. Pigford Farms 2.0 is what they're conducting right now under the Biden administration, and it's worse because now they want to go in and, and take land they don't. They don't think there's enough land in the hands of black farmers, so they want to. They want to transfer land into the hands of, of um, black farmers. And of course, we know who that's coming from. If yeah. you watch what happened post-apartheid in South Africa, yep. you can see a preview of what they're trying to set up here in the United States. And 
I'm talking to South Africans who have had their families killed. They've been run off their land. And I've seen the there's a there's a drone photo of all of the crosses along the roadway in South Africa that they put up for the white farmers that had been killed by blacks that were taking them off their land. Wow, that is horrifying. I'm glad that you're involved in that issue because that's an, another topic that we've talked about quite a bit here and on the Jesse Lee Peterson show too, that it's Trump did one tweet about it and he instructed Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to look into the farm murders and the land expropriation without without compensation by the communist blacks. And yeah, it's it seems like South Africa this this uh regime change that took place back in I guess the 90s it has left South Africa much worse today than maybe it ever was. What a terrible shame. That's evil. Well, you know, it is and and you can look and see what happened in South Africa and understand that uh, the whites in South Africa didn't provide equal opportunities for the blacks. They they got into the situation where here, here's here's the real the crux of all of this. You can go back through history after history after history. There's a pattern in South Africa that matches a pattern in Texas. So maybe it's easier to explain to your listeners uh, what happened in Texas. But um, if you remember, Santa Ana was having trouble governing Texas back in that day in the about I'm going to say late 1820s or early 1830s. And he put out the invitation that said, Angelos, come to Texas and settle Texas. We need people down here, and there's land. <laughs> yeah. And so they started pouring into Texas. Well, why would, why, would, uh, why would he be so concerned about getting it settled? One thing is, and here it is, the, the Comanches, were once they mastered the horse that was brought in by the Spaniards, of course, and they mastered it really well, they could run raids all the way down to Monterey in Mexico. Wow. And they were stealing horses and bringing them back and selling <laughs> them back to the Indians in the north and others and the settlers and everybody. So they had this great horse thievery going on, and, of course, they raided and killed and did all those things. The Mexicans couldn't defeat the Comanches, and so they wanted the Anglos to be a buffer uh, between Mexico and, and the Comanches. Wow. And so that's why they called the Anglos in. Well, the, the Anglos came in and fought the Indians, too, and they ended up fighting the Mexicans. And But what happened was Mexico lost Texas because of demographics. Demographics are destiny. Yeah. And Santa Ana didn't seem to understand that. And the, the Anglos outnumbered the, the, the folks from the from Mexico. And uh, today, Texas is a part of the United States. Wow. You can look at South Africa, put the same formula in. You can go around the world and deep in history. Yeah. And you can see how this thing turns. And we should know what we're doing to America right now. Yeah. And you know what? It's it's more than just it's more than just that because they're not even doing it by honest means in America. The this attack on on whites and attack on real Americans, they're doing it by dishonest means. They're falsely smearing many uh, many of us. They falsely smeared you. They just it's an endless lie that they're doing. And you brought up that history where. There was all kinds of fighting. Life was really tough back then. It was life or death issues in many cases. A, ho- a, a loss of a horse could mean a loss of your livelihood. This was not just, oh, somebody took my cell phone, which is kind of a big deal for a lot of people today. But nothing like the loss of a horse or, you know, this slavery stuff. People pretend that people who people who are living today, probably 90 99% of them living in America, are living better than the slave masters of way back then, because life was tougher back then. But they have this 
this caricature of history that they pretend is the real racist history of America. It's such a lie. Well, and you know, it's sure true what you said. And, uh, you know, I think about, uh, uh, about what uh, Thomas Sowell, another solid conservative from California, yeah. and I, I followed him for a long time, and he said every civilization has had slavery, clear back to the beginning of time. In fact, yeah. I can't find any place where Jesus spoke out against it. It was so much <laughs> a part of the culture everywhere. Right. Um, you, you'd right. fight a war or a battle, and if you didn't kill them, they became slaves. That went on for centuries. And uh, so, but he said Western civilization was the first civilization to develop a moral revulsion to slavery. Yeah. And, you know, we ought to get some credit for that. And then I see I got smacked in an article from The Hill yesterday or the day before, um, because I pointed out that 700,000 white Christian men died putting an end to slavery. Yep. And, you know, 18 years in Congress, and nobody from the Black Congressional Black Caucus ever said thank you that I heard. <laughs> yes. You know, I saw New York, when New York Times came out with that smear against you in January of 2019, I want to say it was. And, uh, I mean, yes. there's been endless smears of you in the mainstream media. They're enemies... <laughs> They're enemies of America, I say. But I saw some video footage put together by the New York slimes, <laughs> the failing New York slimes, <laughs> and they were playing clips of you proposing uh, a substantial wall way back in 2005 with razor wire on it and things uh, amid the decades-long ongoing border crisis. Um, you were condemning birth control subsidies that was placed into Obamacare because we have dropping birth rates, right? We don't need to be subsidizing birth control or encouraging people not to have babies. We need to be having babies. You were defending Western civilization from mainstream media smears in this video, calling for English to be the official language back in, in the state of Iowa, I think. You were supporting mm -hmm. ordinary, this somewhat conservative Dutch politician, Geert Wilders, who's leveled basic and reasonable criticisms of Islam. And the New York Times slimes was playing these things like they were a bad thing, but I loved it. I was like, oh, this guy's even better than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I, you know, you just have to boil down into what's the, what are the fundamental things, and I was successful in establishing English as the official language in nice. the state of Iowa. Great. And uh, I introduced the legislation in Congress, and I will tell you, I, I, maybe I could have fought for it harder, but I could not get a vote on it in anywhere. Well, excuse me, I got one vote on it, one vote in all that period of time, and some of my own party leadership uh, blocked it. Yeah. So we would we would have had the votes; it would have passed, and probably not the Senate. That's you know, there's there's an official language we haven't talked about it in our political dialogue for a number of years now in yep. a common way. But but here's what I know: is that there's no more powerful unifying force than a common language. Right. Not race, ethnicity, religion, age. Yeah, maybe an economic interest, but I've never seen greed be so universal as that. <laughs> so I'm going to say language, and and you know, it pulls a nation together. And I, you know, one of the things that I saw that, that I mean, I've known this for a long time, but I took Henry Quayer on a trip over into the Middle East, into Iraq, on when we were at the tents in the war over there. And Henry's a good guy, a Democrat from Southern Texas, but he's still a Democrat, and and um, but I, I like him. And uh, yeah. anyway. Uh, we would stop in at a base there, and you'd lie, the soldiers would be lined up, and there'd be Lopez, Hernandez, and Gomez along the way. 
And Henry would stop as soon as he'd see that Spanish last name or maybe recognized uh, by, by other features. He would speak to them in Spanish. And pretty soon he'd have the whole cluster of Spanish-speaking people surrounding him, and they'd be chatting away like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the force of a common language. Yep. Uh, that they're able to do that. I, I don't resent that. I observe that yeah. and say, let's have English be our official and common language in the United States so we can all feel that unity among each other. Has the that's that's so true. I mean, it's plainly obvious, and you're right. It's it's cowardice that the Republicans haven't stood behind that. Um, how have you handled? Have it, has it ever gotten to you? The um, I do have some calls who want to get callers who want to get to you, who talk with you. Sure, and they can call in eight 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 seven seven five three seven seven three. But how have you handled the media smears in general? Have they? ever bothered you on a on a personal level or have you just been water off the duck's back hmm. well i wish i could say to you water off a duck's back I, but i you know for quite a, quite some time um it, months and months i was the most vilified person in america yeah. perhaps the world for that matter and uh, so it can't you, you know it will affect you um when you know one, one of the things that's given me confidence is my Christian faith, I know that, you know, we get assigned certain walks in life, and we get called to do certain things, and we're sometimes we're being prepared for the next, the next calling. And I knew that this would, this would end. And so I, I rounded my staff, I didn't have to, they were all there, actually, but I brought my staff together in Washington when this came down in the highest decibels of resign, resign, resign. And I said to them, I will not resign. Uh, whatever they do, they cannot make me resign. Yeah. And if you will do your job, I'll guarantee you a job to the first day of the next Congress. You've got to come to work, but I'll guarantee you a job. I'm not going to back away. Nice. And so I made that clear. Next thing I said to my opposition out there was, I'll never walk away from this. You will have to shoot me down in the middle of Main Street at high noon with everybody watching. And, of course, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but so I dug in that way. And then when you try to try to rebut anything that came out, that just brought on dozens more articles that were just smear, and they would never print what I said. Uh, even Breitbart wouldn't do my stuff anymore, and Epic Times refused to interview me when I'm looking at them in the eye right by their studio wow. down at, uh, at an event. That's how bad you know that it is. So I wrote a book, and uh, and so I went to, I'll say, pretty close to 40 different publishers, and generally <laughs> speaking, no response. So I, I went out and found about the same number of literary agents and contacted all of them. And I got five or six responses, all polite, all no. Yeah. And finally I found a publisher. But um, So these kind of things have been going on. I went into a restaurant in Fort Dodge, Iowa, to meet with the city fathers. This is now a um, year ago last spring, I think. And uh, I, I never sat with my back to the room. Uh, it's always to the wall, but this time they had the table all set up where there was no other choice without moving about six people, and anyone had their arrangement all set up so they could, each one in their turn could talk in the way they planned. So I sat down thinking it's only one, it's only one lunch, and uh, about ten minutes in, some guy came by and he came from outside of my peripheral vision, and he said, um, "Are you you Congressman King?" I said yes, and I turned to shake his hand, and he had a big tall glass of water that he dumped down over my head wow. and so so uh yeah i jumped up and tackled the guy and i think i was a little too merciful because they gave him a suspended sentence 
But um, <laughs> anyway, next time we'll see if we get a little more justice on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I'm just giving you some of the narratives along the way. Yeah, members that have been friends, they talked in Congress. They would talk to me in private, but they didn't want to be seen in front of television cameras right. or out on the floor uh, because there'd be a penalty for that. Yeah. Uh, maybe they don't get their committee assignment. Maybe they get attacked. Uh, so you could tell that. I chaired the, for 16 years, I chaired the Conservative Opportunity Society, founded by Newt Gingrich. And um, so I'd bring in high level speakers each week. Uh, to speak to a group of members that, oh, at the maximum, about 48 and more steady, decent speaker, about two dozen in there in the breakfast that morning. Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock. And by the way, this is Wednesday, and uh, my successor, um, Ralph Norman, has uh, Molly Hemingway in there this morning. Uh, they'll be over by now. Uh, but that's the kind of thing that went on. People, members came into that breakfast because it's off the record, and there's no press, and nobody reports who comes and who goes. And we had great conversations in there. And so that was kind of my support team. Yeah. Uh, and my family, of course, and my faith and, and, and neighbors. And then another thing would be, you know, no reporter of all the stuff that they thought they dug up, no one. And they'd send reporters out here and have for years to try to find a neighbor or friend, somebody that knew me that would badmouth me. They <laughs> could never find anyone. I don't have a single accuser. Yeah. And so how does this happen to a guy without a single accuser, James? I don't understand that at all. Right. You know, it's, I think that that's the poison of this imaginary issue called racism where they, you plant an idea about somebody, what, what people imagine that they are thinking inside, and it gives you a creepy feeling about them, and it poisons your thinking about them. You look in a, at them in a different way, and they haven't changed, but it's your own judgment that you're projecting on them as, as holding a judgment against blacks or whatever. When you're the one judging the, the imaginary racist, they're, they're judging you with the judgment that they think that you're judging other people. And they have the creepy feeling because they're the creeps. It's not you. It's so backwards. <laughs> you know, there's, um, there's a book in the Catholic Bible, the Book of Wisdom. There are a few verses in there that speak to that. Um, and I don't have it all committed to memory, but it, 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 it identifies human nature, too. And it foretells the crucifixion of Christ. Um, but it, uh, just a little bit of it will be, it says, these, these people, I'll call them the evil ones, um, they, they say, let us beset the just ones, for they are obnoxious to us. They set themselves against our ways and, are, and judge us for our doings. And that's a short version of it. It's more expansive. It really illuminates human nature. So yeah. I will say this, that I see virtue on the right side of the aisle in much greater volume than on the left side. Yep. And, and so... I think that the constitutional Christian conservatives have emerged as a, some, essentially the conscience of America yeah. and the guilty conscience of the left that knows that they're moving towards Marxism, they're tearing down free enterprise, our families, our values, everything that we hold dear is under assault by them, and things we never imagined they would go after, they went after just because we loved them, yeah. not because they cared anyway. <laughs> if we have a value we love, it's under attack. So yeah. I will say we are the just ones, they are the unjust ones, and we are their guilty conscience. And this is a conflict that has emerged starkly to me, and I don't think it existed in any measurable form a generation or two ago. That's why I love um, this new team of America First people, because they are, uh, by and large, they're Christians, and they want to be holy themselves. They want to be right and righteous. They don't support, I mean, even young people, 
young people are straying away from, let's not do this pornography thing, let's get away from sex out of wedlock, let's get away from drinking and smoking all this pot and all this stuff, let's be upright people. And so it's not just self-righteous people judging the liberals, it's self-examining self, uh, people who are also standing up and fighting for what's right. And it's nice, too, to see men who are standing alone. You talked about how people would, cowards basically, <laughs> although we don't want to judge them, who would talk with you privately and give you support privately and they couldn't do it in public. Jason Lee Peterson has talked about that same thing with, you know, so-called controversies, meaning basic true things that he said, that has gotten him in so-called worldly trouble. And that's, it's, it's kind of inspiring, even though it's evil what happens to you guys, to see you guys go through it with, uh, with dignity and keeping your, and not apologizing. Finally, with Trump and with you and with JLP, People are, there are some conservative men who are not apologizing for telling the truth. Well, that's, that's an important point. And, you know, I went back through my, uh, uh, the, the memoirs, memoirs of, uh, uh, well, I don't know if I want to bring this whole thing out, but uh, I will just say that a thing came at me um, in, the early part of, um, in the early part of last year that uh, threatened a lawsuit because of a, uh, of a picture that was Brief, borrowed off the internet, briefly posted on my Facebook account, which I didn't manage to have fingers on or anything. Right. Well, anyway, after me reading through the exchange of emails as we dealt with that, they took the picture down as soon as they knew there was an objection. The rest is too long a story. Right. But but the right. point of it is, I see in my in my in the in the email exchange of all of this, uh, my staff is writing to each other, and I'm I'm concluded on it, but I'm not responding. I'm just following, and they say, uh, well, of course, SK won't apologize. So take that off the table. Uh, what, what else can we do? <laughs> wow, that's nice. It's a nice reputation to have. Yeah. You know, yeah, among my staff that knows me best. <laughs> that's cool. It's nice. It's, it's tough to find good help, too, uh, good workers. So I guess you're, I, I gather that you're, you were pretty fortunate to have decent people working with you. Um, Absolutely. And, and, James, I'd like to just say a couple things about that, too. And that, and that is throughout all of this, not one of them left me because of the controversy. Nice. Not one. Yeah. And uh, another thing that you know, I'll just tell you a little narrative out of the out of the Oval Office. If if you've got time for that, sure. You need to move on to the calls. No problem. Okay. Uh, so so uh, we went in to have a one-on-one visit with uh, President Trump here. This is probably a couple three years ago now, and uh, I wanted to talk to him about the heartbeat bill and a number of other things. And so. Uh, but I thought, you know, if my chief of staff can get in there, um, that would be a good experience for her. So I just walked her in like she belonged, and she got to go in. And so she's sitting next to me, and we're right in front of the Trump's desk. And if he had, um, I guess, a couple of staff behind us, but nobody, you know, nobody there on his side. And uh, so anyway, as we're talking this around, uh, Trump will do this thing. He'll test you. He'll ask you maybe a hypothetical question to see where you where you live philosophically. So he was um, going uh, into the question of whether there should be exceptions for rape or incest. And, of course, I say no, yeah. not the baby's fault. Don't, don't execute the baby. Yep. And uh, so Sarah sat there, and, and uh, she, he, he said, 
Well, Sarah, if let's just say if you were raped by this, and he described this most objectionable male that you can imagine, <laughs> and I won't even repeat it on the radio, but it was it was it kind of made me shudder. And uh, at Jordan, he said, "What if this person I've just described rape you? Would you want the government to tell you that you had to have the baby?" And she said, "They wouldn't have to, Mr. President. It's not the baby's fault." Right. And and Trump looked at me and he said. Where do you find these people? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Wow. <laughs> that so is I've awesome. Had, I've had, there, there, we have solid conservatives out there. The America First movement embodies just so very many of them. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to the next time we can get together, and I can, I've got a better feel for what goes on in their minds today. And I think, uh, you know, I think that we need to just unpackage these things we believe in and keep shoving them back at the other side. If we don't do that, then then our only other strategy is to retreat. And I know what happens when you do that. Yeah. Eventually, you get your back against the wall, and there's no place to plant your back foot. Even when if you decide to fight, it's too late by then. Yeah. Uh, so let's take them on. Let's let's search them out and take them on. And by the way, if we keep speaking about what we believe in, we'll be desensitizing them to a degree, and they won't be able to be such snowflakes. Yeah. You know, I want to I want to touch more on anything else about your book, but first I have to talk about this. A couple of people who are on the so-called Republican side, in fact, the chairman, the female GOP chairman of the Republican Party, Mitt Romney's niece, Rona McDaniel, who just smeared you in a couple of tweets that I saw around that time that you were under uh, the media smears and then the and then your the people in Congress uh, stripped you of your committee assignments right before the the fake impeachment, one of the fake impeachments. <laughs> and this woman, Ronna McDaniel, who is, for some reason, she's the chairman of the GOP. I've seen her posting stuff. You know, you talk about these, the Young America First people. She has her own crew of the, the party's rising stars that she tweeted about back in February of 2020 at CPAC. And CPAC is supposedly a conservative political action conference. But it was a bunch of uh, people of color, half of them women and half of them men, young men. And they look like a nice group of people. But where are the white people? Where are the it shouldn't it be mostly men like there? It was I have this picture of the inside um, the smears folder inside this Steve King guest folder. It just, it's such a, it's like, they look like nice people, but the point is, this is obvious pandering. And then she has tweets like, oh, congratulations, Randy Feenstra on, on winning Iowa District 4, which is where you were representative. And then she says, Steve King's white supremacist rhetoric is totally inconsistent with the Republican Party. I'm glad Iowa Republicans rejected him at the ballot box, and she she validated, I guess it was uh, that, I call him a rhino. He functioned under Trump a little bit, but he Kevin McCarthy out of Bakersfield area here in California, he was the leader of the Congress, I guess. He was the House majority leader when they were a majority. And they ousted you from your committee assignments, and she said, oh, he made the right decision, Ronna McDaniel saying this. There's no place for white supremacy in our country. I'm sorry, this is America. You have a right to be whatever you want to be. And even if this were true, even if you were into the white thing, this is America. People have the right to be into this thing. All the blacks are all into the black thing. 
but they don't really believe in freedom or America, and they don't even really believe in honesty. They're, they're cowards, and they pander. They're basically the Democrats, except uh, weak and, the, and pandering to the Democrats. It's, it's such a shame. You know, I'm, I'm glad to hear this um, from you, James, that that understanding of, the, of they, don't, they don't believe in freedom. They don't believe in God-given liberty. Yeah. I'll say on my behalf, um, I don't have any doubt that I've saved many more black lives than Ronald McDaniel ever has or ever will. Yeah. And because they are God's children, too, and they deserve all the rights that we have. Equity is a different story, but rights are something that we should defend and fight for for everyone. Right. And these are these are the God-given rights that, that we have. Then, uh, with but with people like Ronald McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and others, they they are they are the rhinos. There's no question about that. But also, there's a deep thread of never Trumpism within them. Yep. Uh, some of it they hold it inside, like. Kevin McCarthy runs back and forth between those two things. He's kind of schizophrenic about whether he's a never-Trumper or a Trumper. Yeah. Um, but um, but well, here's here's how the difference between the conservatives within our party and, uh, and the rhinos or the moderates within our party, and that's this, that conservatives believe that, that what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is just, is timeless. It's been true from the, from the Garden of Eden up till today and would be forever true to the second coming of Jesus. And, and and then so what we try to do is anchor to those values and get the world closer to the principles that have been laid out for us throughout all of these generations. That's and so a sin is a sin, whether it's two thousand years ago or today. It does morality doesn't change between then and now. Certainly doesn't get more loose and lax. You're going to see the same kind of people in heaven that made it through the filter uh, two thousand years ago. That's my view, although um, Jesus got involved in that, and that helps a lot. Okay. <laughs> so, but, on the, but on the other hand, the, the rhinos or the moderates, they don't believe that these values are timeless. They believe that society and the culture and civilization are evolving. And so what they try to do is get in front of that change or keep up with the change so they can stay in power. That's why Kevin McCarthy has, has essentially recruited gays to run in office and yep. favored them with Republican donor dollars in California, by the way. Um, and, and in order to get what they call is multiculturalism or diversity within our party. And um, you may have noticed I sent out a tweet the other day that said, is diversity our strength? Oh, why? yeah. And <laughs> no <laughs> one a had a reason tweet. why, didn't they? <laughs> no one answered. Nope. <laughs> and, and, and so here's so here's what we have. If we're going to let those people be run the, run the party, and we're in a struggle for the leadership of the party right now and the direction it's going, but if the rhinos and the moderates are going to run the Republican Party, they will be uh, kind of the teammates to the left. And so here, the left is this. They would, they, would, they would all gather together at the cliff over the abyss of Karl Marx and Marxism, and they would join hands and sing, We Are the World, and gleefully leap off of that cliff into the abyss of Marxism yeah. um, all together. And Republicans are just lining up and marching off slowly in orderly ranks. Yeah. That is so true. You know, there's another person I want to go after whom I interviewed on my show several months back. His, he's a lesser-known person, but he's kind of an up-and-comer young man named Sagar Jetty of Hill TV. He touts the new right. He wrote a book about it. He co-hosts a show with ex-MSNBC's Crystal Ball. Um, he claimed that you used racialized language Comparing people to cockroaches, I think, if, if I remember what he claimed. And I said, I mean, for me, even if that's true, so what? That's how normal people talk. 
I mean, they talk that way about themselves. <laughs> so don't be so sensitive. We're men, and this is America, you know, and it's being, and it really is being overrun. And it's, it's honestly worse than just cockroaches. So, but he said he wouldn't associate with you. And I'm like, but you just complained about the Washington, D.C. bubble that where free speech is not allowed. And I like this guy, but his politically correct rejection of a patriot really stuck in my craw because he's just. Maybe he and I have to, need to sit down and have a little conversation. Yeah. Um, and that would, might do him some good or even me some good for that matter. But yeah. on, the, on that cockroach quote, so for the listeners, so they know this. Um, as far as I know, I'm the only one in America that actually took the trouble to find out what we're spending on a per-mile basis to defend our southern border and stop maybe 25% of those that try. And now we welcome 100% of those that try. Yeah. And um, it was it, when I did the math then, it was roughly $60 million a mile uh, for all 2,000 miles of our southern. This is probably a 10-year-old number. And so I said, um, if... Um, Janet Napolitano was uh, Secretary of Homeland Security at the time, and I said, <laughs> wow. if Janet wants to give me a 10-year contract to guard a mile of the border, uh, you know, I'm not going to go out and spend $60 million over 10 years hiring people and paying their retirement and outfitting them and their medical care and their wages and all. Um, I'm going to build an infrastructure that works day and night without billing me, yeah. and that would be a fence, a wall, and a fence. I wanted, I wanted to triple it nice. you know, and, and have no man's land in between. And I said, if you give me $60 million on a 10-year contract to guard a mile of that border, I guarantee you there won't be a cockroach get across that border. Nice. That's how I describe it. I meant cockroach when I said cockroach. Can <laughs> you not use the language literally and mean right. it anymore? <laughs> that is funny. That's Well, thank you for clarifying. Not that I even needed it. <laughs> no, you but, didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but your listeners might. <laughs> right. You know... Um, I caught part of your AFPAC 2 speech, America First Political Action Conference, I believe it was, and it was the second uh -huh. annual. Oh, you spoke over in Orlando, Florida, I guess it was maybe late February or early March, and yep. I loved, I mean, I just caught the beginning of the speech. I, was, I wasn't able to catch the whole thing. I, I didn't hardly catch any of that conference, although I really like a lot of those guys. And one thing that I caught was uh, what was your what was your impression of of those guys the america first people over there oh <laughs> you know it it took me a little while to get a, a feel and a sense for what motivates them and so i was you know i was a little more cautious in my speech than i might have been but i got to, i got to meet a lot of them um you know before before the speech just in about the hour before it wound up and then afterwards and i and i stuck around an extra day so I could sit down and break some bread with them on a Saturday night. Um, so I, I wanted to be, be there and hear more and listen more. But it's this. Uh, you described them very, very well. Um, they're patriots. Yeah. They're, for the most part, Christians. Yeah. They're principled. They're moral. They're squared away and dressed, ties, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, actually suit, suit jackets on almost everybody. Yeah. And so when they came in and they filled the room, there were, I'm going to say 400 to 450 people there, and they would rise together in a standing ovation with great enthusiasm and uh, this is the energy that needs to be expanded and and help direct america and and that's what they believe yeah so um i, I want to see that i want to see the america first empowered i want to see nicholas freddy's uh, continue to expand his influence and and i also um they're um what should i call them they're the the um, matriarch 
of the organization <laughs> is Michelle Malkin. Yeah. And <laughs> she is pound for pound the best we have in America, and I don't know that that, that should qualify or should even be included. She's just terrific, and I've, I've known and appreciated Michelle Malkin for about all of my political life, at least, and we communicate on a semi-regular basis. So that nice. combination down there was great. I'm so glad that Marilyn and I got to got to be there. I got to say some of those words and listen to the other speeches and, and got to at least got started to help encourage them. That's great. Yeah, I noticed that you were quite just balanced with your, you did like an overview of Western civilization and history and American history. And just in the five minutes that I caught, it was just, it was beautiful. And it was uh, love. So I, I liked that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that I understand Western civilization, how it developed uh, into the day. That was, oh, I remember, I also, I read that prayer from the Jamestown prayer at that speech. Were you able to hear that? I didn't catch that, I don't think. The Jamestown uh, that prayer. That was a little later in the speech. It seemed like, um, but, but in any case, that's something that just tells so much. And maybe another time I can pull that up and, and uh, deliver it. But um, the, 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 um, uh, the 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 people that the colonists that settled at Jamestown in 1607, one of the first thing they did was erected a cross there and knelt and they, they received communion. They knelt and they prayed, and they and this prayer, throughout that prayer, you'll see that they saw their mission to settle this land that they didn't know how far west it went or north or south for that matter, and to evangelize this land, the people in it, and the nation and the world. And nice. this and this this land along with England, they said, and so it is. It is worth going back and looking at that 1607 Jamestown prayer. That actually lays out the destiny for America. That and is great. We are, you know, I so, ha I have. Um, I will link on my blog post for the listeners um, your AFPAC two speech. It's um, multiple people. Uh, America First supporters have that on YouTube and elsewhere, I, I imagine, elsewhere. And so I will link to that so that people can catch that. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I should go back and review it myself. Because yeah. sometimes I'm, you know, I'm moving on and I don't do a lot of looking back. But I'm glad you brought up some of these things, James. You know what? We are past the time that I promised that I'd keep you. I don't know if you have <laughs> time to... Um, I do want you to at least talk about your book. I heard that you wrote a book. I don't know if it's out yet, yeah. titled Walk Through the Fire, inspired by the late Andrew Breitbart, I believe. You're pretty close on all of that, James. I mean, I'll try to get that done. I probably ought to pull out of here okay. at the top of the hour if I can. Okay. Uh, but I, um, I had started it some time back, and um, I was actually uh, in office up until the 3rd of January of this year. Yeah. And then, then uh, so, and I, and I had to, I had to get my my mind right to do this. I've been way too busy to actually write a book. So I would uh, sit down out on my deck in the morning about a half hour before sunrise to start to write. And after three or four hours, my brain quit functioning. And I do that day by day. And anyway, I put a book together that tells um, – it's a little bit autobiography, but that's probably only about 10 or 15%. I wanted to make sure people understood that part. Yeah. And then it goes through this narrative in a chronological way. Who said what when? Documented pictures. Here they were documented, and, and so that you can follow what happened. And I, I I wanted to lay this out in a in a very careful, documented, honest and objective way, so that it's essentially bulletproof from criticism. So you know what's the left going to do? Well, they'll make things up. 
but the facts are there, and it's footnoted very, very thoroughly. And it lays out how the hierarchy of the Republican Party in Iowa teamed up with the hierarchy of the Republican Party at the national level, how some of the major donors, the billionaires that are top donors to uh, these two ent- the, the two Republican entities that I mentioned, how they call shots, wow. how, how Kevin McCarthy was involved in this, clear back in the middle of 2018. And then each one of these things are, you know, they're, they're documented, they're laid out for people to understand. And this swamp is uh, much more vicious than even I knew. Yeah. And when we, even when we got to that place that I did the interview with the New York Times, and I admit that was a mistake, um, I explained why that happened. That's a longer story. But in, but in the end, the New York Times was just being used as the trigger. Yeah. But, the, but Trip Gabriel knew he was writing the trigger article. He said in a phone call that he didn't think that that line was going to be what did it. He expected a different line in there to be the <laughs> one that would trigger all of this. Wow. And I got a, I got a heads up several months before that they were going to try. And um, so that's that's all in the book, too. But you know, even in the end, when it comes down to when they thought they could force me to resign, I thought, well, they must think that I'm dirty somewhere and I've got my guilty and I don't want something out on me. No, I'm clean. So I said, bring it. Just bring it. You, you're not going to be able to um, pour things at me and accuse me of any kind of corruption or immorality. And, and so uh, and I could not believe that Kevin McCarthy, Liz Cheney, and actually even Steve Scalise wow. on this could do to me what they did without a shred of evidence and then come out and call up the, new, the lying New York Times when, when Times is writing about Trump. Yeah. Um, they had nothing. They don't have a single fact. They don't have a single witness. Nothing. But it was pre it was pre programmed in 2018, and they executed that plan because they couldn't have Steve King being so influential in the presidential nomination process and forcing them into the place where they had to decide openly whether they were going to pass our platform or reject it. And wow. that would include the heartbeat bill, which was killed by Kevin McCarthy. That is such a disgrace. Well, Steve. It's Steve King. It's been great talking with you. I Unfortunately, we don't have time. We are at the top of the hour. We don't have time to get to the calls. Maybe we'll have to have you back um, another time to, to invite these callers. Some of these callers are interesting people. So um, we'll have to, maybe we can schedule something like that. But I appreciate having you on. What an honor. Let's do it again, James. I enjoyed this a lot. And I'm glad to know your voice is out there bringing people back to the right side of the issues. So God bless you and look forward to another time. All right. Thank you, Steve. Take care. Thanks, James. Bye. All right. Bye. At Steve King IA for Steve King Iowa. Uh, follow him on Twitter. If you don't, if you got kicked off of Twitter, make a Twitter account. Just don't tweet so that you don't get kicked off of Twitter again. <laughs> right? Man, I... Um, Mays and Earl were some of the people who wanted to talk with Congressman Steve King. You'll just have to settle for me. <laughs> we are at the top of the hour, guys. I have um, other calls as well. A first-time caller from Michigan. Do you believe in exorcism, Daryl, in Michigan? And Jeremiah in Louisiana also has a, has a call for me. I have to cover Representative Paul Gosar, who also contributed to the AFPAC 2 conference way back when is the book? It sounded like he needed more work um, to, get it, to get it out properly. 
So follow him on Twitter at Steve King IA. Steve King IA. Shout out to the people who helped me make that happen. That's awesome. I have a quick break for you guys. This is Menomena. I want to play another song called Nebali. N-E-B-A-L-I. It's not actually a song. It's, a instru- it's an instrumental. And it's not too long. Two and a half minutes or so. Enjoy. And I'll be right back for the rest of Hour 2. Hang tight. Hope you guys enjoyed that guest. I know I did. Some of you I see. I see some super chats there. (laughs) And uh, by the way, one of those super chats is from Brandon M., the great Brandon M., who called in yesterday. Got to hear his voice. He talked to uh, Tony from California. Joke, (laughs) Joke of a caller. Brandon M. gave a Trovo colorful chat and said, one of your top guests, Hake, great job. Also, when is Tony going to apologize for using such vile language again on your show towards me. Wow. I didn't catch what he may have said towards you. Or if I, if I did, I don't remember it, Brandon M. But yeah, he owes you money and an apology, apparently, because Brandon M. would not lie. Peter from Periscope says, over there on streamlabs.com slash the Hague Report, what does Hake think when Jesse says, don't plan for anything? I think that's actually pretty good advice. Don't plan. I don't know about don't plan for anything. I don't even think that he says that, but don't plan your conversations, for example, when you go and 
forgive your mother and apologize for being angry at her or hating her. What a mess. But I do like that advice because you're not God. Don't the Jews say, man plans, God laughs? <laughs> I think that's what they say. <laughs> anyway, uh, Trump was surrounded by so many traitors, and some say that Trump hired many of those, too, those traitors himself. Yeah, um, that's true. He did not have as good of a staff as Congressman King had, at least not as faithful of a staff, apparently. Am I right? Yeah, what a shame. You know, before I get to Paul Gosar, who says that Ashley Babbitt was executed by that Capitol Police officer, strong language. I don't know if I would have used that, but I don't really hold it against him. What do you guys think? I, I got to, out of fairness, I got to get to my favorite caller, Mays in Dayton, Ohio, who had a question for the guest, last hour's guest, Congressman Steve King, former congressman. The best congressman. Um, Mays, how are you doing? Hello, James. Hey. What year he said that Jamestown first started? What year did he say that Jamestown started? The Jamestown I, Prayer. The Jamestown Prayer? I don't know. Maybe the 1600s? Oh, okay, whatever. But it, it, it's not nice to, if you can't ask the person that you uh, had as a guest the question because you cannot answer for him. I know, I so know. we'll leave it there. I apologize, Maze. No, you were just filibustering. And I wasn't also, filibustering. I was, I was talking about important stuff. You wanted to ask a question. I wanted to get to you, but sometimes things don't go as planned. Uh, but I do apologize, Maze. I was wrong. But it's easy when you want to lead people that's short, on the short bus and different things, and on the same thing. I was going to ask him, could you go back to the census and find out who owned land and who land belonged to at the time that they had to give the black farmers their money? Oh, good. I'm glad that you were going to ask that question. I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit less bad that you were going to ask a, a dumb, pointless question. All the questions you were asking were dumb and pointless because it didn't make they any sense. They were not. <laughs> Only dumb and pointless in your mind because you're blind. And why did he say anything? But, I, do, well, but I, I still hold my apology. I still okay, hold my well, apology. Well, I accept your apology. And then I was going to ask yeah. him the biggest welfare that is in this country is the jobs that they hold, not the ones we hold. Fair so enough. Fair enough. I wonder what. I wonder if he would. I wonder if he would support uh, a uh, pay cut for all um, all politicians. I think he might. Really? I'm not talking about a pay cut. You said welfare. You said why welfare. Do get, why do they have to get paid to fight pretend amongst each other? Yeah. And they're trying to do the right thing for the people. That's they're a great question. Their pockets, and y'all don't have sense enough to know it. I told, I actually it. agree with you on that, Mace. Public service should be public service. They should be basically our slaves. But y'all don't know that. Yeah, no, I know that. You'll figure out one I agree with you. Yes, but they want to go harm people and tear down people and and look at one group of people and tell them they're the worst thing on the planet, but you don't look at what you do do yourself. Steve King never said that. Congressman King never said that. And and I didn't say he said that. I'm telling you my point of view. Okay. And the question you asked him will be So you look down on people? Excuse me? You look down on people? I look at people. I don't look down on people. Yeah, right. People that look down on people you, don't have it all. Then calling people on the short bus, that, that's not looking down on them? No, 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 no. That's not looking down. That's just telling them the truth. Don't you think, aren't you the same black lady who said bright means not smart? I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. I did not say that. I said bright. I will not call you bright. I will not call you smart. I'll call you bright. Yeah. What? So if you're bright, that means you think you know something and you don't. And you think you're smart and you're not. Um, a welfare recipient Who's gave a super chat. 
a welfare so recipient. Welfare recipient. We just finished talking to you. A welfare so how recipient. How many years did he serve in the Congress? Um, he was there from like 2003 or or so, or maybe so before that. Welfare, he got a lot of welfare money, didn't he? Well, Mays, I don't know. I mean, he's that's yes, that's part of it. He's not. He's he he didn't create the system. He's just. And my other. He was serving was the country. Um, a welfare. Before you get to that other question, I have. I okay. you were interrupting me when I was trying to read a super chat. Oh, I'm so sorry. A welfare recipient donated a super chat on Streamlabs.com/slash/TheHakeReport and said, "You're amazing, Mays. Best caller. Thanks for taking her, Hake. You're welcome. A welfare a welfare recipient. Thank you for the support." So that's what he was. She's, and he's going to convince you that this country is not going right, but he was in it. And what did he do to accomplish to make it better? Nothing. And he's still not. I don't know. How do you know? How do you know nothing? That he's trying to send around. You just so answered the question, nothing, but you don't know that he did nothing. He got. You wouldn't listen he, to what he was saying. Oh, no. I have one example of something that he did. He was successful in establishing English as the official language for the state of Iowa. In your face, Mays. That's the only language that they speak in Iowa. I'm very sure other people can speak language. I don't have no problem other learning language from other uh, because if you leave this country and you go to their country, if you don't speak that language, what are you just lost and left out? No, they they speak English because speak, we dominate the world. Because if you can, <laughs> many other countries, they speak English too. By the way, why do you want to dominate the world? You just told the truth. Because we are men. Why? Men are supposed to dominate the You're world. Right. America well, was supposed to be a good, a, 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 a great country, because we were for what's right. And so we were supposed to rule the world. He dominate, left a lot down here. At least not, he, maybe not rule the world, but dominate the world. James. Yes. God left, God left a lot down here for man to follow, just like he left everybody else who changed his law. <laughs> Women didn't change it. I don't think I so. I know. And you can't abide by it because it's that They're changing your it for the worse yourself. right now. You didn't even know what you, you can't love anybody. You use, it, you use the word love, but you, mean, but you show hatred. So if you yeah, were Steve, going King by his can, word, Steve King can fix the country alone, uh, says Jimmy. Steve Eagle. King can't yeah, fix exactly. nothing because he messed up too. Whatever you he say, man. Because you just listen to what he was saying. Back at you. Back at me what? My, you're you're it, messed up, too? Because they switched from side are to side. You, Maze. Hey, Maze, what? are you messed up, too? No. Wow. Everybody messed up but Maze. I didn't say everybody was messed up but me. Who's, a lot of who else is not, not messed up? Not messed up. We need a soundbite in your face. I said I messed up. And then going to get upset with somebody because they speak a different language than you do? And then going to give an example. Of I'm not looking down on them. It's just a unifier. Well, it sounded like he was jealous because he couldn't speak the language and didn't know what they he were saying. He was not jealous. You were just assuming. Really assuming. Yes. Just, like that, <laughs> just like you say the Bible. He didn't leave the Bible yeah. down. He left his commandments down here. And he said, let no man change it. He didn't say no woman. One no of those commandments, Maze. One of those commandments. Y'all even got is, a prayer. One of, mo- one of those commandments, Maze, is thou shalt not kill. And that's, that's talking right. and what, to the women. What women, thou do? shalt not kill the babies. Really, in your face. Had nothing to do with it. But you, well, but, so you, but I thought you followed God's law. Y'all don't care law. nothing about babies. Y'all don't really care nothing about. That's the talking point. Y'all don't care about babies. It doesn't matter. Like we you. don't have to care about them. We just are not supposed because to kill them. How can them. you be fruitful and multiply when you never got married? I don't. And and, and showing no nothing Thank that you. you want to That's get married why. and multiply anything. So, so you agree? You about? So you agree with me? Yes, yeah, Congressman abortion. Steve King is right to not support Obamacare because Obamacare subsidized. Uh, birth control. Steve King is full of it. That's why he's at home. He can't get any welfare money. Now he's going to find another route right. to get some more money. Enough nastiness from you for the day, Maze. Well, nice no, talking. I don't you. like giving people my money. It's, that's why I ask you, why do they just switch parties? They go one Democrat one minute, and then they're Republican the next. So then you get the you. other side. You're schizophrenic or something? That's All what right. it sounds like. Thank you, Maze. Schizophrenic people. So you have a good one, James. You too, Maze. Appreciate you.
Mace said, just said, if you go to another country, you better speak day language. Then argued that English as the official language here is bad. Great point. <laughs> Let me quickly get to my second favorite caller who was also on hold for uh, con former Congressman Steve King. Earl in Michigan, how are you doing? Hola, buenos dias. Hey. Sir James. That means hello, good morning. Yes. Um, in America. I just had to settle for you today, huh? Yeah. I apologize to you as well. I wanted to get those questions in. I didn't realize that it, you know, things always take about three times as long as you, or three times as expensive as you plan. So account for That's that, guys. That's because you talk a lot. You never shut up. Yeah, people say people say that I ramble. You do. You uh, you know you got callers waiting, and you know you're gonna run out of time, but you still keep running your mouth. <laughs> I never learn. <laughs> but other than that, you're a good guy. Ah, uh, thank you. You're a big racist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you uh, you know you were right on uh about Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt? Um, yeah, you were right on her. That, sh uh, she, that she was executed? In there. And uh, what's that, what's that? was that a congressman that said uh, they thought she was murdered or something? Yeah, Congressman Paul Gosar of, is he Arizona? Yeah. Um, he said that he described her as having been executed by that unnamed Capitol Police officer who he said was lying in wait, gave her no notice or warning, but just shot her without any, um, I'll, I'll play the clip for you guys. It's, it was amazing. Without any um, non-lethal force I at first. It, I saw it. Yeah. And I heard it. You agree uh, with him? No. No. In fact, uh, Liv, Liv Cheney called him out. Because he oh, said gosh. He, was, he was right beside, he said, she said he was right beside her putting on the mask, getting bunkered down. Yeah, I saw and, that. And, uh. And uh, now he wants to act like he a defender. You're not. Uh, you're, you're not helping your case. You mentioned Liz Cheney. That's no, because nobody that's because respects Liz Cheney. That's what you said. She's just being honest. She's not. She's, nothing about Liz Cheney is honest. Politics. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't. I don't an honest with woman. Politics. An honest woman is I, a long shot. Liz. An honest well, Liz Cheney your, is your impossible. No, no. What you think a woman is. <laughs> And so forth. But Liz Cheney is the, is the total joke. Hang up now. <laughs> I don't agree with her politics, but when she's right, I agree with her. I, I agree with okay. some Republicans because they're right, not because I agree with their politics. Cute. Uh, when she points out, when she points out that uh, uh, that that the uh, insurrection was wrong. It was, a mostly peace, it. it was a mostly peaceful protest. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't want to hear that mostly. I want to hear the ones that didn't, wasn't peaceful. Oh, okay. Let's focus on them. How about let's focus on Black we, Lives we Matter, which is about, a much bigger threat. We can threat. talk about the rest of the world who what didn't do it. Black that Lives matter. matter. We're talking about Black Lives the matter, ones scum who of the participated. Earth. We're talking about the ones who participated. Black Lives Matter, so don't give me this terror attack other, on the country. Other stuff to, to mitigate what they did. <laughs> mitigate, that's a nice uh, word. Uh, but yeah, you were. I finally agree with something you said because you, you admitted that she advice. wasn't. She didn't need to be there. 
and she was breaking in. Uh, yeah. And the fact you can go and see the video, it, it you don't have to leave it to your imagination. She was breaking in, and she was perched on something before she was shot. Yep. They were all trying to break a, a window, and she went it was already along broken. the other corner. Huh? It was already broken. That's why she was able to try to no, crawl no, no, through no, it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about other windows. Oh, you whatever you say. There were, there were other people in there trying to break the windows and so forth. They had several windows. That's how they saw, saw that the people in there were armed and so armed? forth. Armed? Oh, gosh. Oh. Okay, uh, Earl, how many of these mostly peaceful protesters that you're uh, slandering have been charged with insurrection? Slandering? Are you being honest about it? Yeah, how many are charged with insurrection? Because that's an actual cr- cr- criminal charge. How many are charged with insurrection? I don't know if any of them charged with insurrection Thank you. yet. In your face. But Oh but, my uh, gosh. Self owned. Just just because they're not charged with it now, <laughs> don't mean what they, they won't be charged with it. Okay, cute. Uh, the uh uh yeah, she was uh when they show the video showed she was shot, she was knocked back. Her feet was <laughs> off the floor. So she was perched on something. Right. Yeah, we and, saw that. And uh, she landed on her back because she was in the air. Perching is not a shot. crime. Say what? Perching is not a crime. It's not even no, a lethal no, Perching is not a lethal threat. I'm describing I know, that she I know, was I know. not on her feet. I'm just bringing some so clarity forth, to the situation. She was, she was, uh, <laughs> she was uh, prompt on something, right. knowing that she was trying to enter something through maybe a uh, yeah, a she was trying to get into the hallway. Yeah, broken, a broken yeah. window. Thank you, Earl. And the reason... Uh, Say the her reason name. She was shot, Say her name. <laughs> her name is... Dead Babbitt. Whoa. No. You but, even uh, feel bad for that disrespect. He's all, Dead Babbitt. No, no. no. Yeah, I don't, I don't really go off on the, on somebody's tragedy, but... Yeah. Um, Say her name. Say it right. Fact, uh, and the fact they're trying to make a big deal on somebody who's breaking the law. You're talking about uh, uh, George Floyd breaking the law and his own, his own fault. Why isn't this lady's uh, fault for what she did? It is a little. It, what she did was her fault, but him shooting her was wrong. So was uh, uh, their uh, chosen meal on uh, George Floyd's neck was wrong. No, that was but part of de- that was is, part of department policy. That is that's a debatable point. Whatever you might say, it was wrong. And they said if she, his own department said it was wrong. If she had been black and leading the cops on a high speed chase, you would have called the cops murderers if they if? shot her. You would have Are called you the going cops with if again? Yeah, I'm going with if, even though it's a crooked letter. It's what aboutism. I'm <laughs> so what about is mean you. When you use this, when it suits you, right? Yes, of course. But when somebody else uses it, you want to say, we don't use this and all this other stuff. Right, yep. What a hypocrite. No, it's not hypocrite. I do what I want. One, this is America. Yeah, that's a hypocrite. No, it's Hypocrites not hypocrite. do what they want, too. Whatever. Hypocrites do what they want. They just contradict themselves. I know, but I don't contradict myself. Anyway, Earl, nice talking do. with you. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again. All right, there was other things I'm going to talk about, but I think I've been a bit long. Yeah. So I'll talk to you later. Appreciate it. Take care. Very nice. George Floyd killed himself, says Daryl Wayne. Big difference. I mean, arguably, that may be true. I mean, he definitely took steps that, that 
were clearly going to contribute. I mean, you, you take your life in your hands when you take those drugs. Granted, he couldn't control himself. He was hooked, apparently, according to his girlfriend, whom he called Mama. Ashley Babbitt. You know, before I get back to calls, let me go ahead and play that clip. And let me also read a super chat from my biggest fan, my underscore biggest underscore fan. Said, can you tell Earl to stop speaking Spanish? Also, can you tell him to stop calling as well? Thanks. <laughs> As a streamlabs.com slash the Hague Report super chat. You too can super chat, even off air. I notice people give super chats before I'm on air. Even in the middle of the night. That's cool. Shout out to the Australians and New Zealanders. Here is Representative Paul Gosar. This is clip 11. I saw this saw this headline in my emails. It was from Independent Journal Review that uh, Paul Gosar said, and he caught some flack for this controversy, for saying that uh, Ashley Babbitt was executed by that unnamed Capitol Police officer. Listen to this clip. He's talking with the FBI director, Christopher Wray, who's a total snake. The FBI, the top of the FBI, bunch of liberals. Rhinos and cowards, not non-men, basically. But here he is, uh, Representative Paul Gosar. Apparently, they're in Congress interviewing the FBI director Christopher Ray, who pretends that white supremacy is a major lethal threat to the homeland, <laughs> like Sleazy Joe. Listen to this clip; it's not too long, and enjoy. So now switching gears again, Director Ray, do you know who executed Ashley Babbitt? Uh, no, I don't know the name of the person okay. who was So do you agree that Ashley, Ashley Babbitt, Babbitt was unarmed? I, I, no, I really can't weigh in on the facts and circumstances what? of that case. As you may know, that was investigated by the uh, D.C. Metro's Internal Affairs Department with the DOJ Civil Rights Division and the U.S. Attorney's Office, and the FBI well, was not it's, it's, it's investigative agents. Yeah, it's a disturbing. The Capitol Police officer that did the shooting, Ashley Babbitt, appeared, appeared to be hiding, lying in wait, and they gave no warning before killing her. Question again, why hasn't that officer that executed Ashley Babbitt been named when police officers around the country are routinely identified after a shooting? Thank you. Comment on that case, it's not one that we've been directly involved in, so I really can't agree or disagree with your characterization. Sounds good. Do you approve of lethal force against unarmed citizens, particularly a 110-pound woman with no warning, no use of, no, uh, no use of non-lethal force prior, and while lying in wait? Not going to try to answer a hypothetical, especially one based on a case that I just that said. That actually wasn't really a hypothetical. That's actually what, what happened. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So he says executed. Do you agree that he, she was executed? I kind of like the fact that he said it. I don't. I wouldn't have described as a, as an execution, but he did describe it as lying in wait. Kind of looked like what he was doing. From her perspective, she, there's, we don't even know if she saw him, right? And he shot her with, we don't, know, we don't know that she heard any warning. We don't know that he even gave any warning. Uh, so, but his lawyer said, oh, he exercised tremendous, tremendous restraint. That's not very restrained to just shoot the woman. 
in the good old days, I think that's what they used to do to rioters. And so if this were the good old days, I might not have such a problem with it because that's how they might have treated other rioters who were rioting around the country, right? But that's not how rioters are treated. They're treated like babies. Oh, we gave them room to destroy, said the uh, former Baltimore mayor of black female, radical liberal, evil woman. Gave them room to destroy. And that's what they did. And that's what they endlessly did. And to this day, I hear that it's happening in Portland. It's ridiculous. To this day. (laughs) To this day! Thank you. And so he said that, executed, right? And, you know, it might be kind of unfair. Not likely that she saw him, since video only shows the hand. The hand of the uh, cop, basically. Capitol Police officer. (laughs) Somebody said it was Officer Earl. (laughs) No, I don't think that was Earl shooting her. That's funny, though. But, okay, so that's how Black Lives Matter characterizes and, and normal, so, so-called normal people. Establishment media figures claim Mike Brown was executed. Trayvon Martin was executed. Or um, whoever else. Georgia, Florida was executed. He was murdered. Murdered with an asterisk. That's a major asterisk on the murder conviction. Kangaroo court and no intent involved, right? What a shame. So anyway, pro-radical homosexual agenda, rhino Dick Cheney. Did you know that he was for so-called same-sex marriage? Dick Cheney was? Even as so-called vice president under George W. Bush? Because his daughter turned lesbian. So typical... Typical weak father starts to support the gay agenda just because his daughter's out of control because he was weak in raising her, right? That's what I say. Anyway, his other daughter, Liz Cheney, another rhino from Wyoming. Is she a senator? A so-called senator? Or a representative? Whatever she is. She tweeted late on Tuesday. uh, On January 6th, as that's the date that they're pretending should live in infamy, only because of the uh, insurrection that took place inside the Capitol chambers underneath Mike Pence. <laughs> His nose. <laughs> Never mind. I shouldn't say that. As the violent mob, violent, advanced to the House chamber, I was standing near Representative Paul Gosar and helped him open his gas mask. Give me a break. The Capitol Police led us to safety. It is disgusting and despicable to see Gosar lie about that day and smear the men and women who defended us. Shut up, commie. She's a House representative. Yeah, she's a representative from the House. She doesn't represent me. Wyoming, what happened to you that you, in, that you elected this woman, this female? Worse than a woman. Not a real woman. A total phony who Earl thinks told the truth, so you know she's lying. Smear the men and women who defended us. He talked about one officer who he says executed her. And maybe that's an exaggeration, or maybe he really believes that. The point is, even where she's not, he's not even been named when the norm is everybody tries to dox the officer. Crazy, the evil people. There's another, I have this tweet too from Adam Kinzinger uh, inside of the Paul Gosar folder. Another coward kiss up to blacks, hater of decent white people. 
He pretends that racism is real and to, he wants to purge the Republican Party of racists. He's a Trump hater. Adam Kinzinger, who I think he might have been elected as a so-called Tea Party guy. Talk about snakes getting in there. Watch very closely yourself and other people, right? One point that JLP has made that sticks with me, that comes to mind with this, is, you know, a lot of you guys are suspicious of some person or other. The best way to be able to read people is to know yourself, I think. And I think that's what JLP says, too. Know yourself. Then you can see right through other people, (laughs) whether they're genuine or not, right? Anyway, Adam Kinzinger, rhino from Illinois, he also tweeted Tuesday evening, You're sick, Paul. Sadly. He said that to Paul Gosar. Truth is, Ashley was being was manipulated by people like you and breached in a- areas. He, be- he doesn't believe in people's uh, self-responsibility, so he accuses her, he says she was manipulated, and breached an area and put lives in danger despite being repeatedly warned not to. I doubt that she received uh, those warnings, and I doubt that she put lives in danger, except for her own. The real criminals are the liars abusing people for political power. Back at you, Adam Kinzinger, rhino. And he quote tweets this blue checkmark liberal reporter, apparently, I don't know, on Twitter talking about Capitol Police officer lying in wait for Ashley Babbitt before shooting her. Says Ashley was executed by the police officer. Demands the name of the officer involved in the shooting. He didn't demand it. He said, I don't know if he demanded it, but in that clip, he didn't demand it. He said, how come his name hasn't been outed when it routinely, when an officer kills a black and the mainstream media goes like, goes crazy over it, pretending that they care about black people. We all know the name. Give me a break. As of Friday, 465 defendants have been arrested in connection to the so-called riot, mostly peaceful protest, January 6th, according to CBS News citing the Department of Justice, at least 550 people are expected to be charged. Ridiculous, but they ignore the BLM, Antifa, Occupy Wall Street, scum of the earth, liberals, and communists who do not even belong in America. What a shame. Terrible shame. So thank you, Paul Gosar. Uh, I appreciate it. And, you know, Ashley Babbitt's husband does not even know the name of the officer who shot his wife. Not her husband, her widower. A widower, right, is the husband, surviving husband of the late, the late Ashley Babbitt. And I said before that she got herself killed because she should not have been, women should not be participating in these protests. I've said it. I think I said it on Monday or last week. Women should not be participating in these protests, especially as hairy as they're getting. You know, I mean, you should have taken the warning after Kyle John Wick, Jack Bauer Rittenhouse. There was a guy with a gun going after Kyle Rittenhouse. Fortunately, he shot the guy in the arm, like John Wick or Jack Bauer, defending himself. And then in Portland, Oregon, a man, a, a... A religious man, as President Trump said, part of Patriot Prayer, I think, shot in the chest and killed by an Antifa supporter, a male feminist, supposedly white guy. 
who went on to get himself killed by police. A father, probably a single father. Antifa, Black Lives Matter, male feminist guy. We got a Trump supporter right here, one right here. Boom, just shoots him in the chest, kills him. Evil. So that's a warning. Maybe even men should avoid hairy stuff like this. By hairy, I mean like hairy <laughs> as in, I don't, know where, I don't know why I started using that term, as in unpredictable, where Antifa is getting away with assaulting people, and then Proud Boys are getting charged with crimes for defending the innocent people from the Antifa people. Not all Proud Boys are getting involved in that mess, but some of them are. What a mess. Jeremiah dropped. Actually, another one of my callers, one of my first-time callers dropped. <laughs> I didn't keep them on hold forever. Let me get to Louie in Idaho. Um, I'm not actually sure that he, he wants to comment on a trial. What's up, Louie? Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Well, uh, first of all, let me just tell you, Elder Pearl is your basketball player. I don't want to give Earl the respect of that basketball player. Oh, Earl the Pearl? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so forget Earl. Anyway, I just wanted to comment on Ronnie O'Neill, some trial going on. Ronnie O'Neill. Ronnie O'Neill, look it up. He allegedly killed his girlfriend and his disabled daughter and attempted to kill his eight-year-old son at the time. And they're on trial right now, like today. He has some wild hair. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Man, uh, how did you find out about who is this person? Oh, I just, I just saw just a random who, person who committed yeah, some, some allegedly right? committed a crazy allegedly. Murder. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> right, man. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Well, thank you for the tip on this, Ronnie O'Neill. Let me drag a picture. There's a picture of him in the in the folder, I think. Accused of killing his girlfriend and daughter. Don't have sex out of wedlock, guys. It leads to all kinds of uh, passions, and passions can lead to irreversible uh, violence and evil. FYI. You know what? Is that the him? Earth is flat. I think that's him. You know why I said the earth is flat, James? Because everything in him? my life has been a lie. Did it work? You say the earth is flat because what? Everything in my life has been a lie. Everything has been a lie. My, my, my wife told me she loved me. Uh-huh. That was a lie. Right. <laughs> you know, come but on. you should just stick with what you know, man. Don't, don't just jump to conclusions about that. I know you guys are traumatized by lies, but don't accuse, don't claim everything as a, claim everything is a lie. Everything is a lie. Everything I mean, don't claim backward. it. Everything is upside down, James. Come on. I know, but that doesn't mean the earth is you know, automatically you know flat, you know, man. When you have hiccups, don't hold your breath, Hake. Exhale completely. There's the first lie, all right? Okay. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, interesting. Try that. Try that. It works. I know it. Okay. Thank you. All right, man. It's That's great to hear from you, Louis. Bye. All right. Take care. <laughs> Did you get... Oh, there he is. That's... This is Ronnie O'Neill, who is facing a double murder trial. I don't know if he's guilty or not. He's representing himself in court, according to, to Chris. I don't know if you were already familiar with this or just based on what you've seen. Oh, we saw a clip this morning. Okay. <laughs> on the Jason Lee Peterson show? No. Okay. <laughs> He's, he was giving a passionate speech. 
He's accused of killing Kenyatta Baron, nine-year-old daughter, and attempting to kill eight-year-old son. Their eight-year-old son, not just hers. O'Neill claimed Baron tried to kill him, and that white demons were inside her. <laughs> wow. Man. Crimes going up. People, uh, spiritual death is going up and out of control, which I use in place of mental illness because it's, it's not, it doesn't start with the mental. It's a troubled spirit. Watch out for those white demons, people. And watch out for those people who, are, who are, think that they're protecting themselves from white demons. <laughs> oh, wow. Let me, let me uh, see if I can give you the name of Ashley Babbitt. Sign in. Ashley Babbitt's, I mean, husband. Just so you know his name. Because I want to give him... Aaron Babbitt, he went on Fox News' Tucker Carlson tonight on Monday. He said, somebody up in D.C. knows, that's for sure. I think a lot of people know, but nobody is telling us. Wouldn't you want to know? Not in order to go lynch the guy. Leave him alone. Let, let the justice, if there is any justice in the world, take care of it. Or vengeance is the Lord's, right? I never expected to lose my wife to political violence, he said. Yeah. And I don't know what the off Capitol officer was thinking. Because they're very, being very cagey about the whole situation. Let me tell you what I... Uh, Babbitt was 35 years old. She was trying to leap through a section of the door and was shot. She was perched on that window thing, the broken window that I told you about. And this uh, officer has not been named, nor has he been charged. He's been so-called cleared of criminal wrongdoing, but not in court. The so-called prosecutor said, we don't think we could convict him of anything. The feds protect their own. And you think that you should appeal to the feds for, uh, for um, oversight over the local government, I dare say that the local governments are more honest or kept more honest, more accountable to the people than uh, the, fed, the feds, much less the UN. I say, I bring this up because the Black Lives Matter always want, and the, the, the dumb sucker blacks who think, oh, we need to appeal to the federal, the feds. This was a civil rights case. You're not going to get actual justice from these people. They're not about justice. Anyway, um, let me get to Craig in Illinois. He wants to comment on Ashley Babbitt. Craig, how are you doing? Hey, what's going on, Mr. Hake? How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm okay, man. I was just uh, listening to the show, great show today, man. So far, so good. Appreciate and, it. Um, you know, um, out of respect for the Babbitt family, I, I I can't say I understand what they're going through because I never went through what they're going through. But it's not right. Yeah. Um. She went through a window. But 
was naively issue a warning. Yeah. Freeze. Let me see your hands. Yep. Um, I don't understand how you see most black people out here cheering for that, that, oh, she shouldn't have went through the window. She shouldn't have disnapped. Um, and I agree she shouldn't have done that, but it's, but that's a different question from whether the cop should have shot her like that. Yeah, because he shot her in the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go on and on about this George Floyd thug. I'm tired of it because I'm sick of hearing about George Floyd and all oh, that cotton milled on his neck. Yeah. Because I can't say nothing because I wasn't there. Right. Um, for the people that think, oh, he died because of that neck injury, it was no sign of uh, any injury to his neck. Yeah. But they don't read. They, restri- they supposedly restricted his breathing. But yeah. he was going. He was going through all kinds of other physiological issues, quite obvious. Yeah, mental, even the spiritual only one issues. That, that walked free from this whole thing was that drug dealer. That yeah, those drugs. Yeah, he. Uh, the drug dealer was allegedly in the car with him, right? Mm-hmm. Who gave him some drugs? Apparently, or yeah. allegedly, who knows? Now, the other thing too that bothers me about this Ashley Babbitt case is this. I'm going to tell you this, Hake. Let's say if that was a black conservative that crawled through that window. What they demanded, what they wanted to demand answers, who shot at uh, the conservative that was the black conservative? You know what, honestly, I don't know because any, any black who's conservative who would be f- for Trump would is, not done that. Is, 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 is not going to get uh, anybody who stands up for any amount of decency which she effectively did, whether she was right in doing what she was doing or not. Yeah. She was standing for Trump, who's a, de- who's a pro-America man. And a black, any blacks who were there who were su- there to support Trump, other than this Black Lives Matter supporter, yeah. um, they would not get any, um, any uh, sympathy either. There would be conservatives no. trying to play the race card and say, hey, you guys don't care about black people. Look at this. And yeah, they don't, yeah. but they wouldn't. They wouldn't resp- I, I still think that even if it was a black woman, a black homosexual woman <laughs> yeah. who was for Trump, they would, still wouldn't care. But yeah, especially just, a white woman, they don't care. That, but you know what? I, I, just, I don't understand how they cannot identify this man who shot her. Yeah. But if it was, like I said, if the roles were reversed, oh, he would be identified because they're going to want the man answers. Yeah. It's true. So that's why I wish that, you know, you know, the Caucasian race start speaking up, like Jesse said. Start speaking up. Yeah. Start speaking up, you know. Don't be afraid. Just tell them they're wrong. Yeah. This is wrong what they did to her. He didn't have to shoot her like that. Right. She didn't, she didn't pose a threat. Her uh, her lawyer, Mark Shamel, S-C-H-A-M-E-L, Shamel, mm-hmm. said he, he did so. After clearly identifying himself and ordering the mob, that he called the mob, not to come through the barricade. He said uh, that it's the only correct conclusion that he is not guilty, insufficient evidence to support a criminal prosecution. He had to resort to deadly violence, this Mark Shamel claims. That's his side mm-hmm. of the story. But uh, I, I would like more transparency from the federal government. But don't expect it. Not, and it's, and I wish that President Trump wouldn't have put Christopher Ray in there as the FBI director 
Yeah. That was the wrong idea to do that. He could have put somebody else. Like, I would like to see Dan Bongino up in there. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Or, 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 <laughs> or, uh, or, or Sheriff Clark out yeah. of Wisconsin. Yeah. You know? Someone that's going to get the job done. But I'm not going to hold you too long, man. I'm just really upset about what happened with her. Yeah. And it's not right for people to be cheering for that. That's not cool. Right. You know, let, and I'm so sick of the George Floyd stuff. I'm tired of it. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it no more. I mean, let it be. I mean, it's, it's done with, but, you know, the jury was very corrupt in this case, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what? That that officer, what? according to Terrell Roberts, who's representing the, the Babbitt family, another lawyer, this yeah. one might be a more honest lawyer. I don't know. He mm-hmm. said that available evidence indicates Ashley Babbitt was not armed, and that the video mm-hmm. should, footage shows a slew of officers in the speaker's lobby where Ashley Babbitt was trying to enter when she was shot. So that man was not by himself. It's not like he was a lone officer who was at risk yeah. from the mob. There yeah. were other officers in that speaker's lobby that she was trying to climb into. So, I don't know. What a mess. Very fishy about this case, man. It's yeah. not right, though, but, you know. You can see them in the video, it. apparently. I didn't yeah, I saw that, the but. video, and you can see they were led to the location because, like I said, when I talked to you last time, if me and you was to go walk in the Capitol, but where are we gonna where are we gonna go? Where are we how are we gonna get to where are we gonna get to? We don't know the area. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, they were so, they were on that our the side of the mob too. They were on the they were coming up the stairs. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know where you're going, but you know you yeah. can't you can't tell that to uh, to Maze and, and Earl, so you can't. And, yeah, you know. I don't even get started on those two. Okay. <laughs> I will roast them. <laughs> well, I right, appreciate man. it, Craig. Yeah, no problem, man. Bye-bye. Take care. Man. Oh, Dula, I think, was one of the guys who was on hold forever. Um, Dula in Detroit, Michigan. He has a, a call for me. What's up, Dula? Thanks for calling back. What's going on, Hey. Nothing much. What's going on with you? Oh, man. Oh, man, just sitting there checking out your show. You know, I listen to you. Nice. I listen to Jesse. You know what I'm saying? I'm just sitting here and enjoying the show. I know what you're saying. Appreciate that. That's cool. Yep, yep. Uh, I had a couple of questions I just wanted to ask you about Scripture, about the Bible. Cause, Go for you it. You know, uh, uh, how much of the Bible do you do you actually believe or subscribe to? How much of the Bible do I believe or subscribe to? I believe yeah. I, I believe pretty much all of the Bible. I believe it. Yeah, I, I asked Jesse. He said he don't believe none of it. No, you asked him a different I question. You asked how much do you believe in the Bible? No, I asked him how much do, yeah, how much do we believe in the Bible? Yeah, see, how you said believe we, in. Believe in is different from believe. Is it? Yeah, because if you believe in the Bible... You're only supposed to believe in God. That's why he made that point. Oh, okay. Well, he, uh, well um, next if you asked him I'm, how uh, much he agreed with the Bible, he, he probably agrees with probably most of the Bible. What about prophecy, uh, Hank? How much you, how much you, uh, how familiar are you with, with prophecy? Because I know... I read the whole uh, Bible, but I don't remember what's been fulfilled or what hasn't been fulfilled yet. Maybe there's, maybe everything has been fulfilled. I don't know. So. Well, there's one that, uh, there's one prophecy that happened less than a hundred years ago. I was going to see if you were familiar with it. 
<laughs> okay, let's hear it. Okay, uh, we in the book of Obadiah. Nice. That's a cool name. Obadiah. Obadiah. Yeah. Now, do you know anything about the nations? You know there's 18 nations in this book, and you know he talks about all of them to a T. I'm talking about... I don't remember, about I don't remember what's in Obadiah. It's been years since I read the whole Bible. Okay. You, you tell me who this sound like right here. I'm just going to go from one to four. <laughs> All right, go for it. I'm going to go from one to four, and you tell me who it sound like. Say, uh, the vision of Obadiah, thus says the Lord God, concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord and an ambassador... And an ambassador is sent among the heathen, Arise ye, and let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. And uh, this is where it's going to start telling who these people are. The Edomites? Say the, yeah, he says, The pride of their heart has deceived thee. Thou that dwellest in the cliffs of the rock, whose habitation is high, that says in his heart, who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and thou set thy nest among the stars. Huh. That kind of, do that ring a bell on uh, no, I, I, I can't describe who resided in the cliffs and who went to the stars. Oh, man, you know when they say... I'm slow. Uh... He, uh, they dwell they dwell us in the cliffs of the rock. It's only one nation that's named after a mountain. What's that? Named after a, 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 a the cliff of the rock is a mountain. So uh, it's only one nation that's named after a uh, after a mountain. Which one is that? The Cau Caucasus Mountain, the Caucasus. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so listen to you know what, what, man? Said. I encourage you not to jump to conclusions about what you're reading. Thinking no, that the Edomites reading. means white people, Caucasians. <laughs> but did anybody, you know, when it comes Man, to... Man, you're such four, a nice guy. You shouldn't be this, believing though. that you're the Israelite and that the Edomites are the white people and therefore this and that right. and this and that. Stick with what Let you know, man. Verse four for you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find out. I'm asking you who it might sound like because I don't want to uh, just jump to conclusions. But check out then, four. then don't even bother with it. Leave it as an I don't know, and you could even say I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> could I read verse 4 again? <laughs> I say, Though thou exalt thyself as an eagle, and thou set thy nest among, and when you when you even look in history, Germany used the eagle, Spain used the eagle, Britain used the eagle. Oh, the Edom Germany, Edomites, huh? uh, and, and America, yeah, I mean... Five Edomite nations is the only ones that use the eagle as a symbol. But that's and silly. They set their nest but that's this is but it's you silly. To, is the only one who set your nest among the stars. I know there's they no reasoning. So, I guess I suppose there may be no reasoning with you. But isn't it silly to worry about symbols and what this or that means when you don't actually know for sure what you're talking about? That's a heck of a prophecy. When I read you the it's prophecy a, about Israelites... It's not a prophecy. It's not a prophecy. It's not even a prophecy. It's just describing some people. And many yeah, people throughout history are brought low when they're high. Pride comes before the fall. Such as the black Hebrew Israelites are taking all this pride in being the black Hebrew Israelites. 
but they're going to take the, a the, big fall because they're the they're they're he, arrogant in their false identity, a false no, physical no, identity. No, really though, hate. Yes, really. The things that the things that God explained that was going to befall the Israelites actually <laughs> happened to us verbatim. I can read. I can He's read so all earnest, of it huh? to you. He's so. I'm saying so it, 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 sincere it happened. <laughs> no, it happened verbatim, just like the Bible said it was going to happen. But that happened to many just people like verbatim, said. just like the Bible said. So, so you so don't know we, what you're talking about. People, no, no, it was other people that was sent on ships and were sold to their enemies for slaves. Why is it so important to you to get me to agree that I'm the Edomite and you're the, you're the Israelite? Why is that so important no, you to you? Don't, you you don't even have to agree because. The and how come you're trying to convince me? How come you're trying to show prophecy, me? It's listen, confirmation it's like, bias. You you like think you're Edom special? Be, we we listen, are not you, special I, people. None of us are special. Well, he say Edom. He say Edom will be cunning hunters. Me the and the seal and <laughs> and the, you know Caucasians are the only people <laughs> I know that are spray themselves with bears. Mexico and Egypt and have the, eagles. Hey hey, Dula, I'm sorry. I. I, I'm not sorry, but I'm interrupting you to say Mexico and Egypt have eagles on their flags. Are they Edomites too? No, I'm talking about. Well, I just named. No, they definitely not Edomites. They Edomites and, and Israelites. But they mix with the Edomites. With, no, it said who who exalt thyself as an eagle. They don't exalt it. America. Oh yes, they do. Mexicans are so proud of themselves for being Mexican. Oh my gosh. But you don't not, know they Mexicans. don't exalt themselves as an eagle. They exalt themselves. Caucasians, uh, Caucasians love that eagle. They exalt themselves as an eagle. Look at yourself, man. And they look at blacks. They among the stars. Blacks are everybody is uh, into their identity, if not more so than uh, whites. It's a white lady. Just whites are into being space. American. I grant you that they're like, oh, I'm proud she to be an American, good. where at least I know I'm free, and I won't forget look, the men was, who died. Who gave that right to me? And I proudly stand up next to you. Yeah, she was in the space to this day. for a whole two <laughs> but years. But the blacks are all for into a whole year. Oh, I'm black, I'm African. We to this day, you, no, we not African. I never oh, yeah, say we, that. Israelites, you, we you would never hear us. I know. You would never hear us saying we African. Why are you ever. looking down on the Africans? That's not like, you look down. You're exa- are you exalting yourself? Down, are you exalting yourself? Down on blacks all day. I know, but are y'all, you exalting y'all look yourself? Down on blacks all day. How you gonna ask me uh, <laughs> why I'm looking? All I said is we not African. I didn't are you say exalting yourself over the Africans? Definitely, the Bible said it. it even said <laughs> in Exodus anyway, eleven and seven. All right. Um, yeah, it said uh, Dula. How'd you get seven. your name? Who named you Dula? Out of curiosity, my dad. Before he knew that the Arabs had us in slavery, first in the sub-Saharan slave trade, he named me Abdullah. Oh, and okay. then when Dula we for when sure. we found out uh-huh. when we found out that they had, he didn't want to name me a white man name. Wow. So he he named me Abdullah until we found out that the Arabs had us in slavery too and did us wrong. Yeah. And now and you to know this day, the Arabs are, do that slave what, thing. To this day, they do what? The, to this day, the Arabs do that slave thing. You know, Cassius yeah, yeah. Clay. Cassius Clay was named after a, a. I think it was named. I read it in the antidote. I believe I could be butchering this story, but he was named after a um, 
an open-minded uh, Irish farmer who married a black woman, and that's how who Cassius Clay was maybe named after or descended from. But Cassius Clay was like, oh, he followed the Malcolm X lie. Oh, I was, I only got white blood in me through rape, when it was actually an op- so-called open-minded Irish I'm guy who interracially away. married, and then he ch- changed his name to a slave, a slave name, uh, Muhammad Ali. Talk about yeah, he backwards. He didn't know about the sub-Saharan slave trade. Though. I know because he hated white he, people. Who he was? Muhammad Ali. Cassius Clay was beach was. Cassius uh, Clay. Okay. I, I, I Muhammad Ali. Clay. Yeah, I use Cassius Clay. Thank but, you. Uh, I don't think he hated white people. He hugged white people every time he. Well, I'll tell fight. you, he had the mama love for everybody, which is hatred based. He was blind and brainwashed. He may have been an affectionate person and wanted to be fair-minded, but people, if you notice, when push comes to shove, they really have hatred in their heart. They're not, they don't have true, lasting love. They don't have e- that eternal patience from God. This guy was, uh, was, um, was brainwashed so badly that he fell for the nation of Islam. You've got to have hatred in your heart to fall for that. You've got to have yeah, a corrupt gotta, heart to you, fall you for gotta that. You've got to be crazy. Yeah. Anyway, man, I enjoy talking with you, Dula. For a black man. We'll talk again, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll call you back. You know, you did give me uh you did give me some time of your some time out of your time, so Yeah. You know, that was sweet. Maybe I'll call back tomorrow and we can go over another couple of verses. <laughs> okay. We'll Appreciate go over it, man. How old are you? Yeah, we I'm thirty eight. Okay. All I right, mean forty eight. I'm talking about thirty eight. I was born in seventy two. Okay, forty eight. Man, maybe, okay. Maybe we can go over these descriptions that say uh, uh, that Edom nation of Edom will be cunning hunters and men of the field. And in in Genesis twenty five, we'll go over that. Okay. You know, because you know, to put bear piss on yourself and sit in the woods for hours is very cunning. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, dude. Take care. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, you know you eat them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, though, hey man. Right. Take care. Yeah. <laughs> What a, he's such a nice guy, too. That's what's funny. Um, yeah, Portlanders are, to this day, struggling because anti-police riots are continuing, largely unnoticed by the media, to report from the Epic Times. I didn't know that the Epic Times wouldn't even talk to Congressman Steve King, then-Congressman Steve King, according to him. Shame on, shame on you, you know Epic Times. You know we've been still fighting to this day. <laughs> yeah. And Breitbart, too. After the late, great Andrew Breitbart died, they turned on Congressman King, too, according to, uh, to him. I got 30 seconds left. Nancy Pelosi in California. What's up? Hello. <laughs> hey. Hi. Hi, Mr. Hank. I've been watching your show for a while. Nice. I just wanted to call in and tell you, you know, yeah, the fiction of one six is absolutely ludicrous. Okay, you have no idea what really happened. Oh, she calls it one six. <laughs> it was an absolute travesty. It, it was, was a mostly was peaceful terrible. protest. No, we were we were fearing for our lives the entire <laughs> time, and uh, yeah, these people, these these subhuman, free thinking. Whoa. Evil whites, they, they're, they're terrible. We, we got to do something about it. That's all I got to say. I just, 
I don't know. Do you want to talk about something else? No, uh, you know what? We're so over. You get me till the very end of the show. I could have gone on the other. I wanted to react to Skate's Gang, but you just didn't let me have the time to do it. <laughs> I know. I swear. I know, Nancy I, I, Pelosi. I, I, I told, the, I told the, the guy that answered the phone, I told him I was going to keep it clean, but he was like, oh, yeah, I, I could tell he was looking at me at the side of his eye. Yeah. You know, I, I, I got good intentions. I'm only 81. 81 years old. And Joe still Biden, blind as a bat. Nervous Nancy. We're all, we're all getting old, you know. It's, Newport Nancy. What Nicotine all Nancy. All you got <laughs> to do is wait, you know. I, I, I just had to go in, though, and I'm telling you, Hick, I'm telling you right here, right now, okay? We're watching you, all right? We're watching you. Nice. Oh, yeah. What an honor. Oh, yeah. That's creepy. <laughs> all right. Take care, Nancy Pelosi from California. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Hick. All right. Bye. This has been The Hake Report, thehakereport.com. For my stuff, smoke on it. It says Watchman for you. JesseLeePeterson.com, rebuildingtheman.com slash church, 4 p.m. Pacific time today. Bond Rebuilding the Man, throwback, cross-eyed crypt keeper. <laughs> Bond Rebuilding the Man YouTube channel for the throwback uh, Sunday service premiere. Racism does not exist. That is... From 2012, a Sunday service from Jesse Lee Peterson. Enjoy, guys. Take care.